Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow the conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guaranteed we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat, Sleep, Fantasy football podcast, the XFL edition. Uh, I will talk a little bit about the Super Bowl for those interested, because um, it is a Sunday if you're listening to it in time. But if not, uh, you're going to enjoy myself, Dale DeMott, with uh, my buddy KJ Bannock. What's up, KJ? What's up, guys? What's up, Dale? Uh, this is going to be a fun one, man. We are going to break down basically everything you need to know about all the teams. Bas- we're going to break down the teams, and then we're just going to give you some key players on each team. So that should get you kind of ready for understanding if you're in a fantasy league, like a, a redraft type, or if you're doing DFS. Hopefully, this is going to give you some kind of um, understanding to these teams and how they're constructed. We're also going to talk about the Listener League. That's going to be fun. Uh, we, we're going to pick the final. We're not going to pick it because I said the first person to respond to the email gets it. So I'm going to announce that uh, after we're done with the breakdowns. Uh, KJ, he did a draft already for the XFL. He's going to talk about uh, the craziness on that one. And uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit of draft strategy uh, for the XFL because it's uh, let's see the season is starting at right after the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, the week after. It's yeah. the Saturday yeah, the after. after the Super right. Bowl. So, um, yeah, we get a week to. I mean, there's there's I guess there's no down week. We're just going fo- from football to football. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's why I'm most excited. Uh, I apologize in advance. I am fighting a little bit of cold, but that doesn't mean I won't bring the fire today. Yeah, he's just uh, got a little coronavirus. No, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to say a couple things. One, we were going to plan to post uh, a podcast earlier in the week to give you guys more stuff. But, you know, everything with Kobe Bryant, the tragedy, um, KJ and I just, one, I I wasn't really feeling up for getting on the microphone and cracking jokes. And uh, two, I just completely just not feeling feeling it. Um, So I don't know, uh, you know, how everybody else is doing or whatever, but uh, pretty devastating news, man. Dude, it hit hard. I'm not... Not the biggest basketball NBA guy, um, but Kobe, like growing up, I, I mean, we're a little older, so growing up I watched like uh, Stockton, Malone, yeah, Jordan, right. and but I still wasn't the biggest basketball person. I didn't have a basketball team, like a major team in my area growing up. So when Kobe came to the league in Shaq, there was just something about him that just drew me to the game and just his work ethic and everything about him. I mean, we hear about Jordan and all that stuff, and I, and I get it. Jordan was amazing, the best. But Kobe just changed it for me, and he was the first player in any sport, really, even football, that I watched to watch him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, watching, I never really cared about the Lakers, but when they were in the finals, I was always rooting for them just because I love Kobe. Um, you know, the, the family stuff really got to me because, you know, I have a new family. I have two young daughters. So that got to me probably more than, uh, you know, than it would have, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy, man. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, it is, it is what it is, I guess. I don't really 
not too much to say, too much more to say about it than that. I'm sure you guys have heard and read everything on ESPN and every single news channel ever this whole week. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, all the tributes and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I didn't, I honestly didn't even believe it when it happened. I was like, no, yeah. no, no. It yeah. took me. It, it didn't matter. It, it was like yes, I mean everything like you said, and I still was in shock. I still did not believe it. It was weird. And yep. I guess I'm I'm slightly different than than most when it comes to death and tragedy and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm always always that person that's like, okay, they passed away, but but let's embrace their life and and their legacy and what whether it's my grandfather or, you know, my my grandmother, grandfather, dogs, whoever, just let's let's enjoy what they brought to us. But sure. this was different because it's yeah. just I I couldn't grasp it. I couldn't yeah. Mind yeah. to it, but yeah. Anyways, I mean, let's. Uh, I don't. I don't even know how. Yeah. Like, like you, I don't know even yeah. know how, how do you transition? Move yeah. on, other than right, saying, right. Uh, XFL time, I guess. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay, look, I got a pretty good transition here. Okay, because I <clears throat> back uh, in the day, uh, Christian and I used to do a segment called uh, "Grind My Gears." It's kind of rip off of the Family Guy. You know what? You know what grinds my gears, and we would say something like that would piss us off that day or whatever. So the other day. Uh, this is kind of a segment leading into that, and I will bring it back to Kobe because it does it does relate. So this is how it all all comes together. I passed a car, and all over the car it was written "Girl Scout Cookie Mama, buy your Girl Scout cookies four dollars a box." And then like on the side windows, it was like hashtag Cookie Mama, and it's like where why where? First of all, this lady was probably like around my age. Hey, me and you, KJ, you know we're in our upper thirties, right? Yep. Uh, so you know thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight. And we are all blamed for, or we're blaming, who's who's to blame with this particip- participation trophy stuff? I don't know if it's our generation or not, but I feel like this lady, it, this is just like a participation trophy. Like what happened to the girls just selling cookies, you know, going door to door or doing their stuff and then, you know, getting the rewards. But now you have this mom that's traveling across the state and probably, you know, slinging it at her job and all this stuff. When did all this ha- stuff happen? I feel like this is like the participation trophy, Girl Scout cookies. Dude, I don't know. I, I mean, I remember in Pop Warner football, right? I remember having to sell those damn chocolate candy bars. And my mom, there's no way in hell my mom was going to sell those for me. <laughs> she was like, get your ass out there and go. I don't even care. I'm not going to watch you. I'm not going to follow you. You just go. I mean, if I lose you, I lose you. Just you're. This is life. Like, get out there, sell candy bars. And yeah. And I was like, man, I sold a lot. And I remember going, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll win the prize because I won, uh, you know, if you sell more, you could, like, right. do things. These these Girl Scout cookies, it's getting ridiculous where if they sell so much, they could go on vacation to Hawaii and all these things. Right. And it, it's yeah. absurd. It's so now parents awesome. are like, let's do it. I want to go. I mean, hell, if, if I was going to Hawaii, I think my mom might have been selling stuff. But Right, sure, sure. Yeah, but you're getting a stupid little football patch or something. Um, yeah, I'm getting but a yeah. because we can't afford <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, so just passing this card just made me think it's like, what the hell's going on? And then it started, you know, of course, because this happened, like I passed it like the day after the Kobe Bryant tragedy. So I was like, kind of obviously trying to connect it automatically. And I was thinking like, you know, Kobe Bryant, he's not out there, you know, working for his daughter, you know, the, the Gigi who played basketball, he was there coaching her and teaching her how to do it. And she was doing it herself. And that's like, why can't, you know, Girl Scout cookies or whatever, you know, there's so many people that are just doing it for their kids when they could just be coaching them and getting them through and learning life skills. It's crazy. Yeah, you're right. I, I always say that in my job or 
anyone's job when you're a leader do not do something for anybody just give them the tools and let them do it and they'll always learn and they'll always be better for it so i always as a you know manager of anything i've ever done and if there was anyone below me i would just again these are the tools i will help you out but hands-on get the tools get dirty get your hands out there and if you make a mistake that's fine that you learn continue going if you don't sell all the cookies sell them next year figure a way and and yep you know, that's how I was raised at least. Yep. Yeah. If you're not selling enough, you got to hustle more. Go door to door. Do what you got to do. Go business to business. But, like, don't have the moms, you know, go online and start a Facebook page and, uh, you know, go across country trying to sell these things off the back of your car. It's crazy. But that, that was my uh, that was my big thing. I was like, I cannot believe where this is going. Yeah, but so everybody, is. this is about the XFL today. <laughs> just, <laughs> just to give them a heads up, this is still going to be about the XFL. So, this is the XFL is the uh, Girl Scout cookie. Um, nah, I, can't, I can't even do it. Are they Sorry. the Girl Scout cookie done. of the NFL? <laughs> Wait, what? The, what, would what would the NFL be? Exactly. What? Like, oh, I don't know. It, they can't be because Girl Scout cookies are delicious. So the yeah, NFL, they're, are, they're the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL is the Girl Scout cookies. You're right. Maybe the, the NFL is the Keebler like, Elves. There you go. You know, there I don't know. Go. Yeah. All right. Let's talk. Let's let get into it. The Eastern Conference, KJ. Um, we'll start off with the New York Guardians. Wait, who's your team again? Who'd you say your team was? The St. Battle Louis, Hawks, right? St. Louis Battlehawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's start uh, in the Eastern Conference. You also have the Battlehawks, but let's talk about the Guardians first. New York Guardians head coach Kevin Gilbride. Um, what do you know about him? He's a New York guy. He played or he um, coached the Giants. He was the offensive coordinator. When the Giants took down the mighty Patriots twice. <clears throat> okay. He's uh, he's never been an NFL head coach, but an offense co- coordinator the whole time. He has a very traditional style of coaching. And, yeah, he's he's that guy that, that really helped the Giants get to that Super Bowl, helped Eli Manning, helped the running game to get to that Super Bowl with, with the style of play. And as we look at the team coming up, they're very similar um, – to the Giants in their, you know, positioning, how big their backs are, the, the, the size of their wide receivers, the type of quarterback. So he's going to – I think he's going to do a decent job. Again, I haven't – because this is like a fantasy base, I haven't really dove into the defensive side of it. So I, I don't – I can't tell you that the, the New York Guardians are going to be amazing because their defensive uh, ways and how they're coaching. But with Kevin Gilbride and the offense – it's going to be interesting, and I, I feel like this is going to possibly catapult some of these players the ability to, to make that leap to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, the players that he has, there you have some notable guys that you might recognize, and this is kind of what we're going to do is just go through the, kind of the key players. But Mac McGloin, who you guys may have heard, um, started in Oakland for a few games. I mean, he was probably pretty much what you expect, right? An undrafted guy starting in the NFL, not great. Uh, what was it? I think you have here 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions in, in his four years. So yep. that, you know, that is what it is. But don't discount the fact that Matt McLoyne and a lot of these quarterbacks have had some NFL experience. I think that's going to go a long way because they understand the speed, at least the NFL speed. You know, they, they've played against the best. So they're going to understand concepts and what to do to be successful a lot quicker, I think. Then maybe some guys coming right out of college or some people with not a lot of NFL experience. 
What are your thing? What do you think? I think you hit it right on the spot, um, right on the head there. So these quarterbacks, they're, we're, we're going to get to a, a couple quarterbacks have not had NFL experience. And you're going to see a big difference in that because of the way they're going to read the teams and, and read, I guess, read the zone or read the man, the way the defense sets up. And just by being in an NFL quarterback room, I mean, you could be on the practice squad, you could be the third backup, but you're still in that room learning and you're still like watching that film with the starter possibly or with the coaches you're breaking it down because you know the nfl it's always about that next man up if a guy goes down next man up takes your spot and you keep going that's why the patriots have always been so good they always had that next man up ready so you're going to see a big big difference but yeah mcgloin i mean a lot of these quarterbacks also were pretty damn good in college mcgloin had a school record, 46 touchdowns for PSU throwing. I Now, a lot of this breakdown when I was talking about school records, um, I have not checked to see if they still stand. Most of them do. I know for a fact most of them do, but I haven't checked on every single one of them. But at the time right. when he graduated, he had the most touchdown passes ever by a Penn State quarterback. So that that's says something. Yeah, that does. That does. I mean, the dude has talent. It's where is it going to convert. And what's crazy is, you know, you could – be a mediocre quarterback, and we don't know yet, but you could be a mediocre quarterback in the NFL and somehow have the exact skill set made for the XFL, you know? Well, the other thing, too, is at the very end, when we start going over, after we get over, go over some of these guys, we have a list here of players who were in different leagues who have gone to the NFL after those leagues. And, you know, I knew some of them, we all know some of them, but then going through it, it surprised me on on a couple of them. And yeah. this might, again, be that extra step. They might have been in the NFL, and, and it wasn't for them. They came back here, and then it just was like, I get it. I finally get it. It clicks. And they just need yeah. that one chance. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to hear some really big names who did not ever go to the NFL until they had that second chance in the CFL or the AAF or the USFL or NFL Europe. Right. Okay. So moving on from Matt McGloin, though, so we have the, again, we I, I tried breaking down the main running back and a couple of wide receivers, and just like that, that Giants team, they have a running back named Tim Cook on the Guardians, and he's like that um, Brandon Jacobs, that right. bruising back that fits perfectly yep. in the Gilbride offense. Uh, I didn't look to see. I'm, I'm. A lot of these teams are doing a committee. They're not going to have that one main back. But Tim Cook is that big. It has that big body, so he has that going for him as well. All right, and then we have two wide receivers: uh, D'Angelo Yancey out of Purdue and McKaylee McKay. Um, is that how you say his name? I think it is. I'm uh, another I'm going wide with receiver. McKaylee McKay. <laughs> McKaylee. I don't. He's I don't a know. huge AF guy. I've actually. I don't know about you. I didn't really watch AF, which is no. I, I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. When you got Trent Richardson as your main dude, I just I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> excited. And but this dude apparently he's six four. He's at Plax. You got Plax go burst. Now he's at six four, big bodied wide receiver. You know, he led the AF in red zone targets. He was seventh in yards, third in TDs, but he's that get up and go get it kind of guy. And D'Angelo Yancey, I remember him. In Green Bay, I do remember him in Green Bay, um, but but that fizzled out. You're going to hear a lot of these players yeah. just fizzled out because of injuries, and you're going to see that. And yep. this is their second chance, I believe. Reading over the list, you know, and I'm a pretty big, you know, NFL stats guy. Like, 
you know, I'll, I'll I recognize a lot of these names, but some of them, you know, I'm going through. I'm like, okay, I know him, like Matt McGloin, um, you know, stuff like that. So I'm going through, and then it's like, oh yeah, I think I've heard of him. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember him. You know, like you really start going really in the back of your mind, be like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, that was like five years ago, and yeah, he started a couple games. I remember that. And yeah, so, he was just he was just bagging groceries in the meantime, and then he came yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to your team, buddy. Uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks, number one team in the East, right there. Battlehawks, <laughs> baby. Um, let's see. Head coach Jonathan Hayes began under Bob Stoops. He was under Marvin Lewis. Um, not many accolades. Sorry, right. Jonathan Hayes. I mean, <laughs> we're gonna move on from you pretty quick. Hopefully, you, uh, you bring us to the championship. You already asking for a new coach? <laughs> I'm. I just, no, we. I, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you see these coaches and we get Jonathan Hayes. Sorry. Yeah. Again, right. John, we're on a first name basis. Sorry, John. Um, but I am excited about the key players. I, I yeah. really am excited about these guys. Um, Jordan, how do you spell it? How do you say his last name? Tamu. Uh, Tamu. Yeah. It's not Tiamu, right? It's Tamu. Jordan Tamu. Uh, I probably should look Tamu. this up. So yeah. I remember watching him in college and, and when he played for Mississippi, I mean, I thought he was great. I liked watching him. I got excited when I saw him. Again, not an NFL-style quarterback, not an NFL quarterback. Hasn't really, you know, touched the NFL, and we might see that. But I'm thinking when you get a scrambling quarterback, you're going to be a lot better in the in the XFL. Call me crazy, but what we're seeing in the NFL is going to start translating over, and you're going to see more and more of it. And yeah. Jordan is like that. He has over 5,600 total yards in college, 30 TDs, only 12 interceptions. Um, I think he's going to be fine. I, I'm excited to watch him play, honestly. All right. Uh, they have pretty two big name, I guess. You, I mean, I, like big name for XFL, I guess. They have Christine Michael and Matt Jones. Matt Jones, you remember, from the University of Florida. Um Two nice running backs here for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Some of the best. Uh, I mean, M Michael yeah. is ranked number one. If you go by the rankings, you could find him online. Everyone has, you know, Michael as, as the top running back. We've seen him play. We've seen him have that opportunity of he could be something. And I remember drafting him in fantasy leagues of just NFL in late, late rounds as sleepers, and, and it just never panned out for him. So here we go. Now, you know, you, my mind initially went to, hey, he had, you know, over four yards of carry in the NFL. How many, what could he do in the XFL? But then you also have to remember, yeah, he's playing against XFL defenses, but he has an XFL offensive line as well. So that kind of maybe evens out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the XFL is going to be, um, I mean, they, they do kind of even out, I would say. I don't know who would get the advantage, right? It's like playing in bad weather. Your wide receiver has advantage because they know where they're going. So right. sure. does yeah. the, the – I don't know. I feel like the XFL is going to have, like, that thing where it's it's going to be more of that big break play style, so it's going to be exciting. Sure. Uh, if, if these guys hit a hole, they're gone. And you're going to see that make or break kind of play style. You're going to see some – as many negative carries – as you will see, 10-plus carries, I, w I believe. All right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Matt Jones is a, is a beast as well. Um, but he did lose his job to Robert Kelly in, in Washington. Yeah, I remember him. I, I can't remember if he was more of like a straight-up runner. I believe that was Matt Jones. And he was quick. He was fast. I remember watching the game where he, like, blew up. There was one game where he blew up. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I mean – 
again, he got another guy that got injured. Robert Kelly came in, the NFL. You get that one chance, you don't it, – it's hard to come back from if you lose it. And he was one of them that, that lost his opportunity, and he's moved on to the XFL. Their yep. number one wide receiver, Terrence Williams. Everyone knows that he's, name. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, the, the problem is he's just a little on the old side, right? I mean, Compared to these players, probably, yeah. Yeah. And the dude's, like, in his 30s now, probably. He is in his 30s, isn't he? He has. I mean, yeah. So, he – let's see. He was in Baylor. Who – no, Terrence, Terrence Williams, yeah. His quarterback in Baylor was Griffin. Yep, yeah. I remember. Uh, Robert Griffin was his quarterback in yeah. Baylor. Ter- Terrence Williams is 30 years old. Yeah, because that year when he was with Baylor, he – let's see. It says he led the nation with yards. Um I mean, he has good NFL stats, too. Like, I mean, they're yeah. not great, but they were good. It, he was that player in Dallas where everyone wanted him to step up, and he just never did. Yep. I don't know if it was what it was. I don't know if he was like that practice superstar, but just in-game sort of fell flat. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I, Battlehawks are looking pretty good. Um, you know, yeah, they that's have good team. I like them. I like them. A, a, like a few big names there. They're ready to go. Uh, the other team in the East is the Tampa Bay Vipers. Uh, you're going to recognize this name, the head coach, Mark Tressman. Pretty interesting. Okay, I did not know Mark Trustman had, like, was this good? It's hard to say good because I remember him at the very end of what you would say would be his coaching career in the NFL, and it was not good. But as an offense coordinator, sometimes, you know, you might just top out, and, and you, you could be an amazing OC and not be a good head coach. Right. So we'll see how this goes. But so Tressman, if, you, if no one knew this, he really is. This is, blew my mind. I did not know this. He's a QB whisperer. That's what I at least he, says he is. He's, he was the quarterback coach for Bernie Kosar in college. Like Bernie Kosar. Yeah. This dude That's is crazy. old. I mean, he yeah. – I think uh, – let me see. I think I wrote down he, he was in World War II – um, no, no, he was he's, not. But he feel I feel like he's that old. Like, yeah, yeah, he is sixty four. Well, he he played for the Vikings in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, and then in the early eighties, he was in Miami. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. He he's been around too. Cause so so okay, he coached for Bernie Kosar, and in college, not for Cleveland. It was in college, and that was the year they won the national championship. Then he went to Cleveland with Kosar again. And they made the playoffs, Cleveland playoffs. They don't go together. He was on there. He made the playoffs. Quarterback coach in San Fran, where the team led the NFL in points scored, pass attempts, and passing yards. He was a QB coach in Detroit. He made Scott Mitchell. I don't know if you remember that name. He made him look like a star. Um, Scott Mitchell ended with the fourth most passing yards ever in a season by a Detroit line at the time. Uh, let's see. Moving on. He went to Arizona, worked with Jake Plummer. We all know that name, too. Ended up in the playoffs with Arizona when they were really nothing. Went to Oakland after that with Rich Gannon. What happened? He won a Super Bowl with them. <laughs> Never the head coach, but the offensive coordinator and working with quarterbacks, he was great. And in 2007, he became a consultant for Sean Payton. A lot of people don't know that. Sean Payton, um, as I've been looking this up, Sean Payton, says a lot about a lot of good things about Mark Trussman and how much he's helped that offense. And Sean Payton is, I mean, the offense is great. He's an offensive yeah. guru. So, Yep. Yep. I mean, you look at kind of, uh, you know, Matt Forte, what he did for Matt Forte's career in, in Chicago. 
uh, pretty good stuff. So Mark Trestman has a good quarterback to start with here. Aaron Murray out of Georgia. Uh, very serviceable quarterback, I feel like. I don't understand everything I'm reading. Aaron Murray was like ranked eighth out of the eight starting quarterbacks. And going through the list, I, I don't see how that's possible. Because I remember he was good in Georgia. I remember watching yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, he passed both of the Mannings and Stafford in the SEC for career TDs. That's crazy. The guy was it was big. Yeah. And I yeah. thought he was a Heisman hopeful for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the um, trying to think of the big court, big wide receiver he had in Georgia at the time? I can't think of him. Uh, it'll come to me probably after this thing's over. But yeah, Aaron I'll, Murray's I'll good though. Second. All right. What about uh, who else here? I, I don't really know this running back. Devion Smith. <laughs> Sorry, Devion. Uh, you're going to have a lot of Michigan fans really mad at you. Sorry, Michigan fans. Hey, you know, Michigan, Michigan's cool. I was in the, I went to the Final Four at NCAA a long time ago when it was Syracuse, Michigan, Louisville, and Wichita State. And I will tell you, Michigan fans were awesome. So hopefully they don't hate me anymore. Okay. <laughs> uh, really quick, uh, Aaron Murray is uh, – never mind. Never mind. I'm getting misinformation here. I should probably <laughs> I should probably do research before I just say what I'm going to do. That's what, what makes this podcast great. We don't do any research. <laughs> we just read off pieces of paper that someone hand us. Yep. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Antonio Callaway, of course, Go Gators. You guys all know him. Um, because, you know, he played for the University of Florida. Super fast guy. Does everyone that played for the University of Florida have off-field concerns other than Tim 